0: Hello and welcome to The Cute Life, episode 29. I'm Finley and... I'm Ollie. (laughs) Robot. I'm just always... I'm Robot Ollie. I just
1: try and mirror how you're speaking.
0: Do I talk like that?
1: That one was a bit robotic. Okay. But not in a negative way.
0: Robot
1: Finley. (laughs) Robot Finley, maybe that's the most efficient Finley.
0: (laughs) Uh, You've been an
1: efficient version of yourself recently. I
0: haven't.
1: Oh, well, you seem to be doing a lot of work.
0: I have done a lot of work today. That's efficient. I ha- I managed to get quite a lot of work done today, despite it being one of those days where just everything went wrong. I felt really... Uh, not upset. Kind yeah. of upset. Uh, Ill and a bit over-emotional. Um, but yeah, I did manage to get quite a bit done. But it's just like never enough hours in the day. I was thinking today, actually. I was thinking back to my time working retail when I worked in shops. And I really remember just staring at a wall for, like, 20 minutes when I worked in retail. Just, like, because <laughs> there was nothing to do. Yeah. There was no one coming in. I'd done every single job that I could possibly think to do. So I just remember being so bored that I just stared at a wall and just, like, wished time away. And just, like, you know where you just look at the clock like, uh, only 10 minutes has gone by. And just now I'm self-employed I look at the clock and I'm like for fuck's sake how is it six o'clock already and I wished I had more hours in the day
1: well I mean that's very opposite. obviously the better way around. To I think. mean
0: obviously <laughs> it is um, nobody likes being so bored that they feel like their brain is melting out their ears
1: but yeah. I've got a good uh, brain melting out of my ears with boredom thing that I used to do really? so I used to work in a job where they blocked, like, all your social media, so you couldn't go on any websites that weren't work-related. Which is
0: cruel.
1: Which is very cruel. Uh, basically, so it was, like, the whole day, and then they turned them all on for one hour at lunchtime.
0: Oh, my God. Which what? meant that people... They're Nazis! <laughs> they
1: were Nazis, that's why I quit. Um, and they all loved Hitler. No. Uh, <laughs> no, see... So, I shouldn't love But the problem that. with that was that it meant that people, rather than going out on their lunch break
0: sat on the computer. Just sat
1: and you like literally look around this like big room and there was like fifty people in there and they were all just like on Facebook and not talking to each other. Because they were like desperate to and it wasn't like a place where you could really like look at your phone or anything like that. No. Not like my current workplace <laughs> where I like to do ten minutes work, ten minutes mucking around on the internet. Um <laughs> so I hated this job so much and it was so boring. But you had to look like you were working, like, constantly. So what I used to do is write down how many minutes left of the day there were, like, at lunchtime. So it'd be, like, 494 minutes left of the day. And then I'd just cross them off minute by minute. And then it was, like, this nice treat for myself. If, like, some... You'd say someone rang me up and I had to deal with something, that when I hung up, I was like, oh, yeah, like, eight minutes have passed. So I could cross off eight more and I could see how quickly the day would go past. Mm and then oh,
0: my poor Ollie
1: <laughs> recently I found one of those notebooks that I'd had because basically I took them with me when I left yeah so that they couldn't find the evidence um and I was like oh my god like it does goes to show you that even the worst day at my current job at it's, October Gallery would
0: be the best day is better
1: than the best day I ever had at that other job
0: yeah
1: so basically I think if you have a job where you have to count down the minutes till you leave quit Quit. I mean, I'm not saying that I never have days where I'm not like, oh, I wish it was 5.30. Mm. But, like, I've never been like, oh, I have 311 minutes until I get to go yeah. home. Yeah, and
0: you don't dread going into work. No. Like, you don't...
1: I just but dread I've from had, eating.
0: Yeah, I've had jobs where I literally felt sick about going in. Yeah. Like, with anxiety, just like, I actually felt like I was going to throw up because I was so worried about what was gonna happen that day and that is not how you should live your life. It's fucking wrong.
1: No, because <laughs> you
0: only get one life. That's what I just I I there's nothing wrong with doing a job just to make money. If that's your like how if you're one of those if that's people That's what you need to do. Yeah, if that's what you need to do, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I'm just I've got it built into my brain that it's like you only have one life, so what the fuck is the point in doing these but jobs the thing, that make you unhappy? Make you, Yeah, but
1: if you're saying you've got that mentality where you're like, I just go to work to make the money to live,
0: mm. then,
1: then you're, happy. Ha- but then you're happy. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, so that's, that's
1: true. fine. Like it's just because I think... you
0: get those people who just like live for the weekend, don't you? Who have factory jobs or whatever, and
1: work down the mines. No, but the,
0: no, I know what you're saying. I, there was a story. I, I'm thinking of one in particular. I think it was this. Was it in Essex or something where these guys worked in a factory? And I think they worked in a box factory or an mm. egg factory, something to do with Egg sounds depressing. Egg or box, something
1: where okay, it was like the lit- egg or the
0: box. <laughs> literally the most monotonous job. And they said that it didn't matter because like it got to the end of the week and then they spent their whole paycheck on the weekend so they went out they uh, went out bought an outfit yeah like what went, was and got, that? went and got a tan and then they went out and had a and nice like they meal. acted
1: like absolute ballers yeah, at the weekend then, didn't they and
0: then when they got to work the, on the Monday they'd spent their whole paycheck on the weekend but they said they had the best time and then they just did the same every week and he's, they said it was like the best
1: yeah
0: and if that's your how you work and that makes you happy then that's fine but I'm just like not
1: I guess the thing is that it's person. like it's just better to have fun. Like as long as you're having fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And as long as you're happy, it doesn't really matter what you do. Totally. I think the problem is is that, you know, growing up there's sort of quite a distinct set of rules about what's considered a good thing to do and what's not considered a good thing to do and what society is like, yes, that's a good thing. But it's a really weird one because the rules also seem to change all the time as well.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, Generationally.
1: But yeah, it's like, you know, obviously everyone's like, oh, like if you're a lawyer, like that's really amazing because it's like you make lots of money and all that kind of stuff. But then when I see you tell people you're an artist and you do that full time as your only job, people are like so impressed. and. So, I don't know, it's just like, your job is a very different end of the spectrum, but like, you know, if you're, yeah. t- if you're thinking about it from a terms of like, um,
0: impressing people, impressing hotel people hotel and respect,
1: parties. no, but like respect and like what people perceive as being like a worthwhile pursuit. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: Like, I think you're still tick, you, your job ticks those boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the difference is, is that if you're a lawyer, I wouldn't have to pay more of the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be bloody
0: paying You'd be more. paying
1: my more I could be the artist. Yeah, you could be. But I don't have the same discipline as you.
0: <laughs> um That was a weird tangent that we just went on, like to begin the podcast, just ranting at you about jobs. Yeah.
1: Well I'm thinking of a lot we're about We're just jobs, telling so. you
0: we're just telling you to be happy. That's yeah. what all me and Ollie want you to be as happy. Well
1: it's it's a weird thing, like, that people... People sort of ignore jobs quite a lot. And it's like you literally are spending five days a week doing it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I always thought. And, like, when I worked in, it's like... It's
1: five-sevenths of your week. Yeah, That's a I wo- huge quantity, like...
0: Yeah. Well, no, when I worked in shops, that's all I thought. Just, like, I'm wasting my life here. Like, I just feel so... I think I just felt like I had so much more to give the world than just stacking shelves and...
1: I think the problem was is that your jobs were... You... Not all of them, but, like, when you worked at, like, big chain shops in, like, Carnaby Street, like, you're super unappreciated. Oh,
0: they couldn't give a shit about you. Like, you
1: leave and, like, no, like your coworkers notice, but like the person one step above you doesn't even right. care. They just replace you instantly.
0: Well, and it's the public as well. Like when I worked in a clothes shop, like they don't give a shit. Like you are an idiot. Like they don't care about. well you're just
1: like a robot that yeah, brings just, out stuff yeah, and you pays could, for them. You
0: you are literally like you don't need to have a personality really. And I could spend my whole day being lovely to people, and um trying my best and nobody gives a shit like yeah and yeah. the the public don't give a shit and your employer don't give a shit. At least when I worked in an art shop, um people did value my expertise yeah, that's because true. I knew stuff about materials and so they asked me questions and kind of that mm. I felt like they had more respect for me and
1: when you worked in that jewellery shop, at least yeah, you that had that- at least you met your boss. And they knew who you were, and they
0: were a really nice company. Like,
1: so I think you know, that's an example, you know, but
0: that's another thing because the jewellery, like, that was like, you it's had, an
1: area of expertise. Yeah, you, you had know. to learn.
0: I learned a lot about jewellery and, and yeah. metals uh, and that kind of thing. So, I think inside people... a tip,
1: rings are made of metal. <laughs>
0: Well, I did that. I learned a lot about that kind of stuff, and yeah, and I think again, people kind of respect you more, and especially because it's a higher sort of price point thing. Yeah. That people like, I think, like an experience as well, and so you've kind of got to schmooze people.
1: Um, you didn't lear- learn enough to tell me when we were buying our wedding rings to measure my left ring finger, not my right ring finger. <laughs> and that's why my ring is so loose on my left hand that when I was swimming in the well, sea, I, I didn't I was fall think off.
0: about that your hand would be a different size. Like
1: guys, when you are as bad as typing as I am, and you <laughs> only type one finger at a time with your right hand, that right hand it gets pretty pumped.
0: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I
1: didn't know either.
0: No, I've never had that problem. I, I got at the a scrawniest sh-
1: left hand. I worked
0: at a jewelry shop for a year and a half, and I never had that issue. Nobody came and complained about me.
1: Yes, because like me, they were too ashamed that they couldn't do anything about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway
0: do you want shall I tell you my cute thing tell
1: me a cute fact please tell
0: everyone my cute fact no just me no everyone was listening <laughs>
1: um <clears throat> no no Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry Tova's just got excited about my cute thing there yeah
1: she no, loves cute things down. too
0: she's wagging her tail now um, Pilot stops plane to let baby hedgehog cross the runway. I've got a fascination with hedgehogs, it seems. As this oh is, shit!
1: Yeah, this is like
0: hedgehogs and fourth week beanie babies apparently. And I said I wasn't going to mention beanie babies again, but you fucked I just up again. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, this is like <clears throat> a quarter of these podcasts. I reckon you've talked about hedgehogs
0: no, when really they're not even maybe Careful. they'd be in my top five animals uh, well that's an
1: important list
0: maybe top six Maybe number so six. the Fox are
1: top six?
0: <laughs> I'm thinking of my top ten in my head. Um, a kind-hearted pilot took evasive action after noticing a baby hedgehog on the runway. Runway. Ramray? Or, uh, ramray. Man, man. <laughs> <laughs> as they prepared to take off. Passengers were told about the reason for the delay over the tannoy as they waited two minutes for the hoglet to cross. Is a hoglet of a... Yes.
1: Is that the name? Yes. That's great, I like it.
0: Um... The long long flight was taxiing to the runway at In storan Stor
1: Scotland. S-
0: yeah, in Scotland. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: When the prickly creature made an appearance, the captain brought the Saab 340 aircraft to a halt at around 5:20. I'm glad you're the details. On Thursday during the journey to Inverness in the Highlands. Like honestly this of is Of Scotland. Like why on earth wait. Um Get ready for this. <clears throat> Neil Hughes, long as director of flight operations, said the captain safely avoided a prickly situation for the little hedgehog, following procedure until the animal was off the tarmac.
1: It's astonishing that this made newspapers this story. <laughs> it must
0: have been a bit of a quiet. It's way. mad that in a
1: like, you know, there's like protests in Hong Kong, there's Donald Trump doing mad shit, Brexit, and that they still were like, this is a good story. It
0: is a good story. It is a good story. I mean, I'm proud. Of good him. for that pilot. Someone give him a medal. I think he
1: give him a baby it. hedgehog as a pet. Aww. A hoglet. A hoglet. Um.
0: Oh, I said "ah," so Toby's looking at me like. I mean,
1: I'm, yeah.
0: Tova's, sorry. I should explain. Toby's got a thing where she, I say "ah" to her like. And now she just thinks if I say that I'm doing it at her.
1: So if we're watching TV and like something comes on that something Finn thinks cute, is cute oh, she okay. makes oh, that.
0: And Toba will look at me. And like, oh. Toba like
1: bounds up, like yes, yes, I'm here. Hello. Time for my treat. <laughs> You're like so, get out of here. Get out
0: of here.
1: You little shit. <laughs> <laughs> You've done nothing to earn no. It's
0: really funny though, because like yeah, whenever I do it now, she looks at me like yes, <laughs> you called.
1: <laughs> she probably thinks that's her name.
0: I know. R oh. <laughs> Yeah, what
1: is it? Yes, hello. You rang? Well, I mean that is very cute. to that pilot. He's a good pilot. I mean, compared to what most pilots are like.
0: Uh, Do we know many? Do we know many pilots? I
1: don't know. I'm just joking. Well, not very environmentally friendly, are they? No, they're not. No, exactly.
0: Do we not approve of pilots? I I suppose we can't. I think
1: it's the pilot's fault.
0: No, it's it's the plane's fault. fault.
1: Mr. Ryder, It's always his fault. That's true. Uh, do you want me to tell you about something? Or do you want to tell uh, me some more all shit? All
0: I want you to do is tell me a story.
1: Well, it's not a story. Okay. I was going to tell you about an artist.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I
0: will uh, accept. No, I just... Um, I'm feeling... we. I think we've both had a bit of a trying week. Um... Very busy. Both not feeling very well. I was
1: struck down with a terrible... Illness. Illness. Manflay of the strongest...
0: But I've been feeling very achy and just not very well. And then I think I've just been kind of overdoing it work-wise.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And it's really nice just to sit down by the fire and drink some red wine and listen to you tell me about...
1: Pat Hines.
0: Ah!
1: So... (laughs) Pat Hines is an artist... He made a graphic novel. The graphic novel is called Camp Red Blood and the Essential Revenge.
0: Is this a well known graphic novel? No, 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 no. no I've no. never heard of it. No one's so heard of it. I didn't want to
1: come across Oh as my a god, you've never heard of Camp in... Red Blood and the Essential Revenge?
0: <laughs> I didn't want to show myself up as a dum dum if it was.
1: No, what's amazing. So, it's a graphic novel. Uh, it's about. Um, a summer camp set in the nineteen eighties where the campers get attacked by ghosts and monsters. So that pretty like fun. pretty standard stuff. Yeah. But what's really good about it is the illustrations, rather than being like done digitally or with a pen, were all done in Microsoft Paint. <gasps> and basically the reason was is the the oh, this guy, so- Pat Hines said, I suck at Photoshop <laughs> and other programmes <laughs> And I've worked exclusively in Microsoft Paint for over 10 years. i honed my craft working long overnights at a hospital reception desk. So basically, he was a receptionist in a hotel, uh, hospital, and he used to just doodle on Microsoft Paint on the computer at work. And then he kept on doing it, kept on doing it. And then when he wanted to release a graphic novel, he was like, well, how am I going to do the drawings? And he was like, oh, yeah, I know how to use Microsoft Paint. So he's done these drawings. Have you got any and they absolutely, like... If you think about, like, when you did paint at, like... When you mucked around on compu- school, uh, school computers, like... What the hell? The drawings he's doing are absolutely insane.
0: I mean, I really didn't even... What? Uh, is that even possible? Like, all I can remember doing is, like, clip art on Microsoft Paint.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how... He must have just spent so long doing them.
0: They're amazing. But
1: what's really cool about them is... I think you, they're, like, they're really good, but you can still tell that they've been done in paint. I think it's like kind of...
0: No, you can't. No one would guess that was in paint.
1: Well, no, I think it's the colour scheme. Like, I think they've got that, like, I don't know. There's just sort of something about them. They've got, like... Well, first, they've got, like, that pixelated look.
0: What do you think they do at all?
1: I spent a lot of time drawing shit on Microsoft Paint when I was a child.
0: That looks like recess.
1: But isn't that brilliant?
0: That's amazing.
1: But I just really like that. I just thought that was such a nice idea of just being like. He's developed this skill. And.
0: I like the idea of someone use making a skill out of something that's like, um, people think is a bit of a joke. Really, just and making like just being absolutely incredible at something that people would just like. Um, completely overlook.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting I think it's idea. nice because it's not, it's not novel, like he's not doing it as like a joke and it's not like novelty. It's just literally just like, he's like, this is the best way for me to illustrate this story in his mind of a...
0: But it's no different to, I don't know, like me just working in gouache or, I don't know, watercolour rink or whatever. He's just gone, right, well, I'm the most skilled at this so it makes sense to...
1: Do yeah, no, thing absolutely, a hundred percent. Like,
0: yeah.
1: you know, yeah. What like why put like why struggle to do something in the format that people expect something to be done in? Like, there's, yeah. like, there's no. Why do you, if you're doing a graphic novel? Why do you have to do it with, like pen and pencil? If you are really good at Microsoft Paint, I just think also like the idea that like he was doing this struggling away, like honing this skill doing this menial job which links back perfectly to our first discussion Ooh, it does, isn't oh it does does not it oh god this is such a well-oiled podcast oh my god um,
0: we're like pros now yeah we only took us 29 episodes
1: <laughs> yeah I know imagine how good we'll be at 30 episodes um, <gasps> big 3 eh? yeah I just thought that I was really
0: I should have timed the 30th episodes for my 30th birthday that would have been so that would have been pro we
1: well, pretty much have
0: mm, oh, we'll be a week out oh yeah no two weeks out
1: yeah, but we'll just are pret- going
0: on holiday for two weeks. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll just pretend that we forgot to plug the podcast in next <laughs> week. So that was one of my artists. Yeah. Do you want to listen to my second tale of my second artist? Yeah. So that guy was Pat Hines.
0: Pat Hines. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. So I've got I've...
1: a lot of love for Pat. You can buy the ebook of his um Uh, graphic novel on Amazon and it's like £4.90 and hardly anyone's bought it and it hasn't got many reviews so Um, I'm gonna buy it because I feel sorry for him
0: yeah
1: and I like him
0: yeah
1: first I'll do some research check I do like him okay don't Mm -hmm. want to give money to some mad Trump (laughs) supporter yeah exactly not again not again okay Mm mm-hmm so, the second artist I'm going to tell you about yeah. has an incredibly hard to pronounce name.
0: Okay, I'm waiting.
1: Um, I've learnt from the best, you Finlay, <laughs> in pronouncing things badly. So, conveniently, he calls himself Rust, spelt R U capital S T. But his actual name is Elk Dag Rust, aka Ruben Steeman. sorry what
0: Tova's stolen what have you got so I've got loads of beach stuff um, for my inktober this week like um, some feathers some seaweed driftwood um, to like as reference uh, like to do as a drawing reference sorry and Tova's just in her bed around the corner and I was like what is that noise turn around she's bloody stolen the feathers and a bit of seaweed is now eating them in the
1: corner I kind of always like have this idea with Tova of just like if we weren't here so say she just had this house like there was no humans on earth it was just dogs yeah but they all still had their like owners houses and like Tova would literally just go around and collect like feathers bits of (laughs) tinfoil plastic cups and just like gather them all and like she'd live on this like pyramid of weird nonsense that she loves and so funny that's
0: been there since Sunday though like on the floor in the same spot she's not done anything with it and then now we're recording the podcast she's like well this is my time to chew this well feather. she
1: goes weird when we do the podcast yeah she
0: does she she, is...
1: it's the one hour of the week where she doesn't get full attention
0: yeah she gives a bit attention sneaky she bloody sorry it. carry on that's yes. very rude of me I...
1: well I you know distracted I'm distracted i married to dog. someone rude what do you get at the consequences don't you I'm sorry, Finley.
0: I've got my bottom lip out, everyone.
1: Okay, so, for many years, Rust, a alias of Ruben Steeman, has made one drawing a day on his website, elkdagrust.nl. Da- elk we'll put the link, because it's impossible to. Basically, Let from me the Netherlands. Let Elk dag rust. Where is that? Oh. Well elk de Rust? I don't know. The crust. So basically, the what, what he does is he does a drawing every single day. And when he got to drawing 2,500... Oh my which God. Which is God. fucking insane. <laughs> uh, he had an idea. And that was to make them into a book. So he wanted to do original size reproductions of all the original drawings combined into one incredibly large book.
0: What? So
1: they're all original. So, but, well, he want, he didn't want to like make them smaller or like mess with the size. So he just scanned them in. So they're. Oh, I
0: see. Okay.
1: Original one to one size. Okay. So he took it to a loads of publishers, and they all said no. But it's impossible because there are no machines capable of producing a book that's Two thousand five hundred pages thick. So he did it anyway. He crowdfunded the book, searched and for a very long time to find a binder and eventually found someone who was willing to make the books.
0: That's so cool. The two
1: the 2,500 page book is 3.5 3. 5 kgs heavy, which is pretty heavy. 3.5 kg. It's hand bound, hand bound, laser cut covered, and has 2,500 hand drawn pages. If it If you took 10 seconds to look at each individual drawing, it would take you seven hours to go through the whole book.
0: Wow.
1: Um,
0: I like the the banana on for scale.
1: Yeah, so there's these great photos where they've used a banana to give you an idea of how large it is. (laughs) It just looks amazing. It's like a beautiful object. Um, How much is it? It's 100 euros, which I actually think is really good value.
0: What are the drawings like? Stuff we'd like or...
1: Yeah, they're nice. They're kind of like <clears throat> little... They look like the kind of like cartoony drawings that you do in like a little moleskin or something, sort of. But what an amazing thing to have done 2,500.
0: As someone who is trying to do Inktober, so... And struggling. I, I haven't even... like I've had to have weekends off because I just can't... And I've got to the point now where I'm really all the sort of ideas I had for drawings and I've put the hardest ones, I've put them off. So now I'm getting into the kind of difficult ones and it's, yeah. I bit...
1: suppose with him doing his to, his drawing today, it, he's not trying to do like a cohes- cohesive like theme or anything like that. It's just, it's just art drawing. Yeah. Um... And I guess if you were doing a little doodle every day that was inspired by your day, I think you could probably do that. I think your issue doing Inktober is you're trying to think of things with this overriding theme of inspiration, which is yeah. what you're doing. So that's kind of... A it's also tougher. just
0: time, though. Like, where does he find the time to sit down and do this? Like, around his day?
1: I mean, I don't know I what really his day job str- is.
0: I really struggle to fit it in, because... So like if anyone's interested I've <clears throat> I've been doing my commission work and then everything else to do with um what comes like replying to emails um ordering materials wrapping artworks go to the post office that kind of thing and then i'll it gets to about four o'clock then i'll start doing my inktober and depending on the complexity of the piece it can take me two hours or it could take me five um so that's five hours maybe even sometimes six hours of your day that's a big chunk of time like so, and I mean, his
1: drawings are less complex than yours.
0: I suppose they're
1: like sort of ink line drawings.
0: Yeah,
1: but they're still like they're still good drawings. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of am tempted to buy the book. Although a hundred pounds for a book is quite a lot of money. Mm.
0: Maybe a good present for your dad for Christmas. I
1: was going to say maybe a present for him to get me. Yeah, but yeah, that's more selfish. Is I'd buy it for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you take it home.
1: Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry that Finn's so mean. <laughs> I would buy it for you. She's no shit.
0: <laughs> Whatever. He won't listen
1: to this. I, to, I don't think he's ever listened to a podcast. Let's <laughs> well, hope. Don't start with this one.
0: <laughs> um
1: Right, you got anything to tell me to tell me about? Have you got any recommendations?
0: Yeah, my recommendations. uh So, I actually listened to the Happy Place, which is Fern Cotton's podcast. <sighs> yeah I know Uh, but I listened to one about this woman writer who I've forgotten what her name is which is not very useful Um, I just thought of it off the top of my head because it was the first thing I listened to this morning and she wrote a book about stopping quitting drinking Mm. it was actually very interesting like her talk so I'd recommend that it was the latest episode Um, it was just like basically just her talking about her relationship with alcohol and stuff and like what led her to stop drinking and like people's attitudes towards her stopping drinking and yeah are just, you
1: gonna stop drinking
0: did it kind of made me think that maybe i'd quite like to maybe just try not like completely stop but like just for a little period just i mean because there was like a couple of months back where i just um well i just wasn't feeling very well so i didn't drink like we were, i went on a night out and i um didn't drink. It was kind of really interesting, like just seeing everyone else being like really drunk and like I don't couldn't remember the last time I'd been out with people where I was sober, and it was quite interesting. And in the morning, it's not like I felt like I missed out. Yeah. Um. If anything, it was like I felt like
1: it is nice when you wake up in the morning after you've done something night before, and there isn't any hangover. Yeah.
0: It was kind of satisfying, and it's not like I still had fun. Which I was kind of still... I was quite surprised at because you always think, oh, I need to have a drink to be able to unwind and, like, be able to loosen up a bit. And that's what they were talking about on this podcast. And she also said, like, um, like, people's attitudes towards her not drinking was very interesting. So she had to kind of, like, think up ways to, like, break it... Like, to tell people. Because a lot of people get very defensive and because it's very ingrained in our culture. And, like, she had, like, one time she went to a wedding and... Like, she said, oh, I don't drink because she has a problem with alcohol. And, like, one of... I I don't know who it was at the wedding, but someone sent a glass of wine over to the table to her.
1: What, as, like, a joke?
0: No, as in, like, I can't bear you not having a glass of wine.
1: That's pretty weird. I
0: know. And it's, like, she used to get so hammered. Well, she was, like, so bad that she'd have, like, withdrawal symptoms. Right. She ended up in a... Like, she said her, like, one of the worst kind of rock bottom moments was that she woke up in a police cell and basically she'd been so drunk she didn't know where she lived and this nice police officer offered to take her home and she got really angry and told her to fuck off so they arrested her for being drunk and disorderly and so she woke up in the cell like not really knowing why she was there that's a bit scary she was like they like and she was supposed to be at work.
1: Oh, no. Um,
0: and they didn't... Shouldn't uh,
1: be getting that drunk in a school no. I know.
0: Well, no, it was like she was in publishing or something. So she, it was like a work do. Uh, like, with oh, I drinks. Right. Um, and then she was like... So they, like... Uh, what's the word? Not... Released? Yeah, released her. Um, and were like, oh, here's your stuff. And she was like, oh, thank God. At least I've got my phone and my bag and my wallet. Uh, at least I've got that um, and the only thing that she had on her was a little pink plastic children's hairbrush what she'd literally never seen before in her life she just must have been drunk picked it up off the floor and like been combing her hair or something that was the only thing she had she'd lost everything everything else. else and she was just like maybe my she said though that that she was like it didn't click for her that she had a problem with alcohol she was like oh well the problem is all the free booze so i'll just have like one or two drinks but she just yeah realized but anyway it was just i thought it was really interesting yeah um so i'd recommend so we don't
1: know what that was but you recommend it anyway no
0: it's the happy place fern cotton's podcast and i can't remember her name but it was the latest episode this week's episode um another thing um where should we begin by esther perel um the new series came out today ollie wow i've been waiting for this since they had a little trailer and it said coming this summer like in spring and i've been waiting oh
1: you're telling me that bucking, the other day
0: checking to see if it's come on and i got a little ping up this morning i was so excited wow. so i listened to it today and it was good yeah. so
1: everything you hope for and more yes so what's that podcast about
0: um it's Esther Perel she's a therapist and she specializes I think she she's written a book about um affairs and she specialises in, like, relationship counselling. Mm. Um, and so, basically, people volunteer themselves to have, like, a free counselling session with her. But they record it and then you can listen to it. So, it's just basically couples counselling, but, yeah, listening to it. And she kind of explains their issues and um, it's just, oh, so good. It's just, like, being really nosy on you someone's relationship. You should have been a therapist. I'd like to, I don't know whether. I don't know
1: if you'd be a good therapist, but you'd enjoy being a therapist. I
0: really, I really like um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Analyzing. People's
1: problems and helping them?
0: I think I'm quite empathetic and I do, I enjoy sort of like. I think that's why I like serial killers so much because I like going back in their...
1: That's weird. Well, that's, okay. that's, that's badly again.
0: worded, but I like I find them interesting because I like going back in their um, history and trying to work out like what made them do something so hideous.
1: Yeah, that's weird because when we like watch things about serial killers, Finn's always agreeing with them. Shut She's up! Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that is, I'm you not. should you should do that. Shut up. Right now god she's she's threatening to, she's doing the finger across her neck thing she's gonna kill me but um continue you no know.
0: but i just i yeah i really enjoy it um i love analyzing people and things and seeing fi- family dynamics and relationships um i didn't i didn't really do a
1: relationship great. story this week damn it I'll do
0: one next week. Um. So yeah, I'd recommend that. Where should we begin? It's on series three. Um. So you, you, there's a couple of um series before that are well worth listening to. But the only thing I would say, mm-hmm. um, She's is I, say it. I really wish they were English people.
1: Yeah. Not that there's She's, any... Finn hates the Irish.
0: No, it's it's um an American podcast, oh, and I think Americans are so much better about talking. About their feelings, and they're much more sincere and open. Whereas they think it would be interesting um to see English people because they're. Comp- Wait, what's
1: this podcast called?
0: Where should we begin?
1: What's this about?
0: I've literally just told you.
1: Wait, is this one you were just talking about? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about a new podcast. No, you threw me off then.
0: <laughs> been listening to. <laughs> yeah, no, I was.
1: I thought you were talking about a new podcast. No, no, confused. it's an
0: American podcast. Right. Where should we begin? And I wish that it was English, or I wish they had some English people on it, just to mix right, it up Right, okay, bit. I see. Because they're all American, and nothing against American people. I'm saying you're wonderful, very open, sincere people, but I find it difficult to relate to them.
1: People who are open. Because
0: I'm more of a kind of stifled English person. I just think it'd be an interesting kind of, I don't know, to... For a bit, I mean, they did have um, someone um, from Mexico... The couple were Mexican today. So I suppose that is another nationality. But I'd just be... I th- would find it more interesting if they were from different parts of the world, maybe. Like Australian, maybe, It's interesting because when I... I don't know.
1: If I, like, hear about a new podcast... Yeah. I mean, I do listen to a lot of mm. American podcasts because a lot of them are. Mm. But generally, I find that I prefer ones hosted by British people yeah do you think Americans prefer
0: ones I like by oh American- god
1: not another fucking English one yeah probably like them whining on about loving cups of tea all the time
0: 100% well I suppose you just you look for people you relate to don't you but it's and weird. we obviously would relate more to English people yeah. or British people than we would Americans because we they'll talk about things we understand
1: I don't know but then I think Some of my favourite, like, literally my favourite podcasts are hosted by American people. But then sometimes when you listen to ones like This American Life and, like, Dear John and uh, Serial. Yeah. And they're, like, so American. Mm. But I wonder, like, do other Americans find that annoying? Are they, like, these guys are a bit much?
0: Yeah, this is interesting. Does anyone... I mean, we have a... I know we have a few American listeners, so it'd be really interesting to hear your... I don't know, feedback. Like, do you, yeah, do you get.
1: <laughs> if they're like the worst thing ever are English, English people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, cool. No,
0: but genuinely, like, do you, like, do you guys get annoyed at, like, the, um, like, kind of American life formula of podcasts? Like, because to us, that's a very sort of American way of doing a podcast. Like, or are there sort of like British podcasts that you. Like, do you get annoyed at British podcasts? I don't know. Do you like, know are what I mean? they like
1: too twee or Yeah, something?
0: I don't know. Like, it'd just be interesting to hear your opinion. So, if you are like, American or Canadian, yeah. it doesn't matter.
1: Even if you're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I like, for example, I listen to The Dollop a lot.
0: Yes, I do. Hosted too. by two
1: Americans. Yeah. They love don't it. annoy me in the slightest. No. But then, yeah, like, Serial, I love the content of it, but like, I just found like the presenters, like, so. Yeah. Irritating, but then you know. I suppose there's loads of irritating English people. Yeah, hundred. There's more irritating English Maybe people than there are normal people. Maybe just massively
0: racist, where we're lumping a whole country and with a few. Oh yeah, like a couple of annoying podcast hosts.
1: Oh no, if the presenters are white, I will not listen to it. <laughs> Is that racist?
0: <laughs> um, on that note, uh, what else have I got to recommend? Oh, we me and Ollie watched Mother or Mother mother because it's got an exclamation mark at the end mother um which we're massively late to the party because i think it came out about two years ago or something didn't it but it's on netflix um it's by darren 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 aronofsky Um the guy who did black swan
1: oh is it yes no i didn't know that and
0: requiem for a dream which is favorite oh my god <laughs> I It is the most disturbing film I think I've ever watched. And I watched it while I had the flu. Um, that was a mistake and a half. I think, actually, I might have watched it while I was flu-y in the bath, eating prawn cocktail crisps.
1: Oh, that sounds quite nice. I have a vivid, flu.
0: Yeah, vivid memory of it. Um, but yeah. I it,
1: have a good bath film experience. Yeah. So... <laughs> I feel like these... What a sentence! <laughs> I feel like these days people don't illegally yes. download films as much as they used to. Because there's, like, Netflix and stuff. Mm. But this was, like... Oh, this must have been, like, seven or eight years ago. Before Netflix existed, where...
0: You're making your excuses now for piracy.
1: I know, I'm all aboard piracy. please. <laughs> all steal, aboard! <laughs> steal everything. <laughs> um, and I downloaded No Country for Old Men. Mm. And I was having a bath, and I was watching it, and I was like, "This is the best film." So good. Like so, because also it's like such a tense film, like you're so like into it. And I was like, "God, it's only like an hour long. Like that's really weird." And I was like watching it in the bath, and it was like getting nearer to the end of the this one hour. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like what's happening? What's happening?" And then it just stopped. And I was sitting in the bath, and I realized that it would they'd split it into two parts because oh. the file was too big. And I was like, well, this is, like, the tensest film ever. I've got to see what happens. So I put the second half on, which was also, like, an hour and ten minutes long. Watched it. and was like, this is the best film ever. And then I realised at the end, like, I was sitting in a freezing cold bath. (laughs) It's, like, in the middle of winter in Brighton, just (laughs) shivering in this bath watching this film. Well,
0: that's testament to how good the film is. It is, like, the best
1: film though, right?
0: It's very good. Um, But, yeah.
1: Mother. Mother, sorry, yeah. Didn't watch that in the bath. Would have enjoyed it in the bath, though
0: it's so excellent it's so good it's just um it doesn't really have a like what's the word a ta- plot. tangible <laughs> plot um it's sort of met- metaphorical and kind of up to interpretation and it just is like this chaotic nightmare the entire thing and it just kind of gets it's like a snowball it just gets crazier and crazier and you're by the end of it, you're just like, what on earth was that? But it, it had the same effect that um, Mulholland Drive by David Lynch had, that had on me, that I, as soon as I stopped watching, I just had to, like, find out everything. Well, about I it think and it was quite about similar
1: it. to, like, David Lynch, because it's, like, David Lynch films, like, you don't really know what they're about sometimes, but you get, like... A f-
0: it makes you feel... Y- you it. have,
1: like, a really strong feeling. Yeah. And I think with this, like, you didn't really know exactly what was happening, but, like, you felt her, like... her as in the main character's like stress and like anxiety and she was confused so you felt like the same thing
0: it was like a like a bad dream it was just oh god so good and i've just thought about it all week i almost watched it again because i just loved it so much
1: they also said the whole film is set inside this one house which is like very nice like interior design yeah like the beautiful looking i'm very
0: jealous of the set design whoever did it because all the furniture is just it always
1: reminds me of uh in the american remake of the office there's a character in it (laughs) what's in it erin
0: erin yeah Yeah. The. she's like the really
1: nice like slightly like like, dippy one dippy is that the right word ditzy ditzy oh god i'm losing my mind
0: I think Dippy's... No. No, Dippy's Dippy's definitely not a word, is it? I just agreed with you. I was like, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) And she says that her favourite films are the first half of horror films when everything's nice before it goes wrong. (laughs) And I really felt that with this film where you're like, oh, Oh, their house is is so lovely. And she's like doing interior design and her husband's like doing some writing and you're like, this is nice. (laughs) This is
0: lovely. I know,
1: I was thinking about it when we were watching it because it's so true. Like, The first half of horror films... Is always way more like idyllic and lovely yeah. than anything else. Like, no rom com's ever that lovely. Like, no other film. Yeah,
0: because they've got to like, they build you to, into they always a want sense to build of... how nice yeah. it is.
1: I guess because you emphasize how nice it is so that it seems more drastic when it's all yeah. horrible. Yeah. They know you
0: into a sense of like, Comfort. I always
1: think that when I watch horror films now. I always think about her saying that because it's like, <laughs> it always is always so lovely. Like
0: Like Phoebe and Friends where her her mum always turned off the film before the horrible bit. Like with Bambi, she turns it off before Bambi's mum died.
1: That was pretty early in Bambi though.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't Babby. Kujo was one of the ones she used. I've never seen Kujo. I can't say I have either because I know what it's about and I can't Uh-oh. deal with that. It's
1: like Marley and me all over again. Oh
0: my God, I've never cried so much. <laughs> um. Oh, that was the other thing I wrote down. Uh, anime. Anime. Was that anime. I don't think it was called that. I think it was called that.
1: Anyway, you keep talking about it. I'll quickly Google okay. what it is. I'm
0: pretty sure it is. Uh, the Tom York and... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Is that his name? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, who? did he do No Country? Wait, Yeah,
1: no, he did There Will Be Blood. Oh,
0: damn it. I always get those two mixed up.
1: They, well, they... He did... They
0: came out at the same time and they've got the same sort of cover art, don't they? Well,
1: No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood were filmed really close to each other at the same time.
0: Oh, so they've got... And
1: in There Will Be Blood, they're spraying all the oil into the air because that's all about, like, oil fields. yeah. And it sprayed into the air and went all over the set of No, no Country, Country for, for Old Men. So they had to stop filming No Country for Old Men How for a while. Until they could get rid of all of the oil.
0: Those are two great films. Yeah.
1: Something, there was something going on in the uh, desert that time. Should
0: we watch No Country for Old Men again? Yes. That is a fucking tense film, isn't it?
1: It was called Anima. Anima. A-N-I-M-A.
0: Oh, I was close. That was off the top of my head, I remember that. Well, I didn't
1: remember that. <laughs> a little insight into Finn's research there. It's off the top of my head, and I got it wrong. What more do they want? Pretty much. Yeah.
0: So, um, so
1: tell me about that thing that we watched
0: last night. Uh, I just thought it was really good, so I wanted to recommend it to people. It's on Netflix. It's basically just like a really long... It's just a music video. It's a really long music video. It's not even that long.
1: It's only 15 no, minutes long.
0: but it's just really great. Uh, the choreography. It's like basically loads of choreographed dancers in Prague.
1: Prague. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really, cool. really cool. I think it'd be nice if Netflix put more stuff like that on. Because yeah, I think if really you watch, we went to a short film festival in Hastings mm. like two years ago, three years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Um, and it was just in a little cinema in Hastings and we watched these like 10 short films and I think we loved like eight of them. I'm
0: going to put, sorry. And they were amazing. I'm going to put one of them on the show notes because it's amazing and I think everyone should watch it.
1: Yeah. And, like, you see, like, if you go on Vimeo, you can watch, like, a lot of these, like, little short films that people make that are so good. So good. And I think sometimes, actually, as good as films because Mm. there's none of the, like, pointless fluff of it. It's just straight up, like, the exciting bit or the interesting idea. Yeah. It's like a short story in a book. Yeah. Um, And you're like... Netflix could just buy up all of those for like nothing
0: yeah
1: and totally. I would sit and watch
0: and a lot of music of videos them. are absolutely amazing like yeah. um well, it's kind of like a little sort of art piece isn't it really yeah. well that was last night the
1: oh yeah that, I mean that literally was art. yeah that Anima if you went if you went to an art gallery and that was playing you'd just sit down and watch it as yeah. like a work of art it
0: was beautiful yeah. So really recommend that.
1: And Tom Paul Thomas Anderson was interviewed on Adam Buxton's podcast and it was like the best.
0: Such nice So inspiring. Oh, I, such a just a really like I love people like that, that they're just I found Tom York to be very much like that. Mm. That they're so gifted and talented and just like incredible people but they're just so normal and down to earth and just like if you met them in a pub you could imagine just sort of like having a nice chat with them and they seem completely unpretentious and completely
1: yeah i think
0: egotistical that... they're just normal nice people and it just makes it so refreshing
1: and They almost seem like surprised that anyone cares what they do, yeah. Kind of like they're like, Oh, well, I'm just trying to make like the best thing, and like, isn't it nice that people like it? Yeah,
0: yeah, no,
1: it's yeah, so, yeah, very good.
0: We recommend that as well. So, the Adam Buxton with Paul Thomas Anderson, and why she met I'm gonna yet.
1: listen to that again tomorrow. I so love good. that, one.
0: yeah, it was really good, like that a lot. um Yes, yeah, so I think that's it for this episode. I haven't really got anything else on my agenda. Have you got anything on your agenda? Your bountiful agenda?
1: My agenda is very bountiful. Everyone agrees. <laughs> uh, but at the moment, that's it. Mm. So we've got... What have we got this weekend?
0: We have the best night of the year in Hastings this weekend. We've got Hastings Bonfire Night. Yes. Well, I think it's the best. It's my favourite day of the year here. There's
1: a... People seem to either think Bonfire Night, Jack in the Green, or Pirate Day.
0: No, Bonfire Night. It's the most sort of atmospheric and just... It's also
1: Tova's worst night of the year because there's a lot of fireworks. Fireworks.
0: But no, she'll be all right up here, I think.
1: Well, wow, now she's got a new little bed, she'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so we've got a couple of friends coming down for it, which will be fun. So we'll go to the pub early and then watch the parade. And they all... Um, it's like a practice for the Lewis... I've, I, we've already we talked about, about this on the podcast.
1: But if you follow Finn, which yeah. you probably do, because why else would you be listening to this podcast? Uh, I'm sure she'll be putting lots of photos on her stories. If, yeah,
0: so it'll be like you're there. But, but if it's it, so cool. If, you're, if you are listening and you're going to Hastings Bonfire Night and then send me a message and we'll meet up with you and go for a drink or something.
1: Finn will buy you a pint.
0: Or you can buy me a pint. (laughs) More like. (laughs) Wow,
1: It's finally a chance to give back for all this quality entertainment (laughs) Finn's (laughs) given you over the years. (laughs) All 29 episodes. So,
0: but seriously, yeah, let me know if you're going and yeah, Yeah. if we can see you in the parade. Um so if you want to message me about that or anything else, mm-hmm. then email thecutelifepodcast at gmail.com or message me or Ollie on Instagram at Finley Elliot Portraits at OlliePlace. Um rate and review us on iTunes, always really helpful. When you share it also on Instagram, um just tell your friends about it really. And what else do I usually say in this? Bit.
1: Uh You say goodbye, you apologise for all the terrible things you said.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry if I said anything offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and we'll see you next week. We'll see
0: you next week, and then we shall be full of stories about the fun night. I'm yeah, sure.
1: we'll tell you all about the disastrous night we had.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it won't be. <laughs> it might be. Um, love you guys, hope you have a good week. Bye. And we, weekend slash life have Um, a good life have a good life from the cute life bye